0: You just need no more. Right. I left your mom's door open. Where's everybody. the dog? Quiet. So. Oh. All right, the everybody.
1: dog. Here we go. In five, up. four, three...
2: Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Here at the Recycle Garage, and I'll go with Sunny. Evan,
3: California. do you want to fuck with your mic stand real quick? It just keeps. Sinking. Just fucking do it, man. <laughs> God. You, you, know, got, you gotta tighten the God ever God crap out of it. All right, Evan's sorry, Laser.
4: Laser, take He's two. Limp.
3: It was <laughs> fine. I just have. I'm having problems. That's yes. not what she said. Wait. It affects one You're in six right. men. Okay, we'll just,
0: we'll just <laughs> keep <laughs> it in that. We'll, we'll,
3: we'll, we'll, it's normal. But you've got a limp we'll rocker. Normally, it it's after the age I've been drinking. Okay.
5: It's fine. First time.
6: Hey there,
2: welcome so to the Motorcycles and Misfits. He's got My blood is
3: like
6: continually ahead, at least
1: 20% alcohol. I don't know what you're talking
2: Start about. Start over? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Count it
1: in. You got whiskey, Let's
7: Mike. All right, everybody.
1: Four, Starting in five, four, three. Whiskey Dick. <laughs> I got Whiskey Delta.
2: Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in... Sunny, Sunny. Senators Senator, California. California.
3: You sound like zombies Woo-hoo.
5: when you do that. I know, was that better scripted than our first one? Oh <laughs>
2: oh <my> <laughs> California. <laughs> so as long as we don't have any limp mic stands <laughs> happening. <Ooh.
4: laughs> Evan, you how's your mic stand? It's
5: normal. It affects normal people <laughs> <laughs> it
4: happens all the time. There's a ratio. I'm, it's I'm like not, 20% of I'm not ashamed else. of it. they are too young. For
0: young for that. That. Isn't there a pill for that? All right. I'm going
2: to take control of this again. Hey, everybody. This is Liza. Ah ha ha ha! Stayin' alive, staying alive. Oh God! Uh, ah, horrible. Oh ha, ha, ha. no! Staying alive.
8: <laughs> I I. The funny
2: part
5: is you had to read the beginning of that. <laughs> I,
2: I recommend it. <laughs> oh, running the board tonight. We've got bagel.
1: When a problem comes along, you must whip it. Before the cream sits out too long, you must whip it.
7: <laughs> it, it Make sure the you whip it good. Whip it
1: good. Whip it good.
2: Over in the corner, near the possum, down on the street, we've got mm-hmm. nigga Jim.
5: Yeah, miss me. Hey, hey, hey. That's that's what. That's it. That's it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's as much energy as you can muster. <laughs> <laughs> I love the
5: Devo thing. I just can't follow that.
2: <laughs> Agreed. But I, ha- I have a great quote.
4: Well, why don't you tell me now? Because we also have Bex. Yeah, this one is someone sitting to my left over here says, Oh, come on. You have to eat my peaches. Peaches. <laughs> Not Liza. What? Crazy. Are they ripe? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Someone's like, oh, Ooh, they're so tasty. White, white. Uh,
0: that's the first time
5: quite I,
4: ripe peaches I had a <laughs>
0: And oh, so juicy. You've never had a worm in your peach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Let's be mom. honest. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> uh, well, it was an inch worm. Oh. Yeah. So my, uh, <laughs> next to me, we've got Mock
3: you're the worst person ever <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're saying that because of the, the the meme i sent you this week
3: yeah that's that, that, disgu- that was that's disgusting. part of it that's just a general like you know <laughs>
5: was that the masturbation meme it's
2: so no it's
3: the
0: it's pooping one.
2: Oh no it's the same one I, just, I, I thought, use thought it, it was bad, I use it both. next to that we've got award-winning <laughs> mike
0: in <laughs> how you doing
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're so funny. It's just that it's the goofy grin you get. No, he's a life. funny guy. It is. I got it this. Is.
0: I got this thing where my eye work gets all small on one side, and I can't help it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I smile, and I kind of look like a retard. You know?
3: Are you sure you didn't have a stroke? I was gonna say Popeye. <laughs> yeah,
0: Popeye.
2: Oh my gosh, it's gonna <laughs> I'm
8: be one of shirt.
2: On the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma.
8: <coughs> what I like about you. You hold me tight, tell me I'm the only one. I wanna come over tonight, yeah.
7: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Cindy wow. you're doing
8: your own Williams romantic. Oh mm. my God. Mm. Also,
2: on the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got yeah, Richard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
8: Hello. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much pressure. Is safe it bet, for? Richard. That yeah. is a very
5: safe bet. Yeah. No, he remembers last time. He said, like, "Now I remember why I didn't want to come back."
2: <laughs> Next to that, we got Danny Boy.
9: Would you do it for a Scooby snack? Mm. Uh uh-uh.
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> What about two Scooby snacks? Mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> alright Scoob this is what you need to do need you go into that dark cave <laughs> 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 would you do it for a Scooby snack yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> ruby ruby woo! nice okay, wow. that went Brilliant. from
4: kind of funny to weird
3: <laughs> that was like
6: 15
4: what minutes dark wow. cave are you talking about
0: Mm. Your mom's sarcastic. <laughs> the place where I keep my Scooby snacks. <laughs> I think that's Liza's
9: peach. Uh,
2: next to that, we've got Ken.
9: No matter where you go, there you are. There you yeah, oh, Ken
5: was in Santa Cruz today.
2: Then we've got Evan.
9: Never ever gonna stop.
5: That's it, just
6: never stop. gonna give you up. <laughs> never gonna stop, never gonna
2: stop. <laughs> and, bring and then it up, you do. <laughs> bring up the rear, we've got Lucas
6: four out of five dentists agree i have balls of steel <laughs> <laughs> also known to the state of california to cause cancer <laughs>
2: <laughs> and in the peanut gallery we've got howie I, hi hi howie do you mind opening the gate and letting it, the dog out he, he wants to come join us I it's, can
0: hear uh, him. it's how hard you pronounce it's pronounced how hard, how hard. i, I how how
6: how haven't hard, been how here hard. in a while how does hard. bosley still snore on the
2: podcast he, he oh does. yeah oh he yeah. does so
0: Religiously.
5: Um, I, I I have a special request. I want to hear oh, Lucas yeah. do balls of steel for real. Oh, oh, come on. Old school. Too. Bring it back. Yeah, I don't feel like Life. it. Oh come on, man. re-steep. I don't feel like it. Really? You can do that? Balls I don't feel like it. Oh, you, I don't feel like
6: it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Lucas. It's a commodity. You gotta, How much are you, you going know, to pay hey, me? I have to protect Forget my, it. my identity. It, the gone. And right. You're working on your brand. What's on the podcast my tonight, my image is is in jeopardy. You know, I'm trying to distance <laughs> myself from the whole balls of steel thing. <laughs>
5: Obviously. Yeah, good. You just did. What's on the podcast tonight?
2: Yeah. Well, then why did you do that porno?
4: <laughs> oh, oh. Money.
5: What are you fucking Tons talking of about? my face
4: when the, they guaranteed dental insurance? Yeah,
6: There is no porno that they would ever pay me for. Believe it.
2: <laughs> hey, you never know. So uh, normally this is when we talk about what we did this week, this, that, and the other. But we have such a cool topic and such a cool guest. I just wanted to get right to that. So our guest tonight is Richard Hatfield, who's been here before from lightning motors lightning motorcycles now you've made a name for yourself with your bike being the fastest production bike at one time right
10: i think it still is it still, still is. is it still right. is still is
2: hallelujah and it's been a while since we've talked electric it's been a few weeks since we talked about know, electric it's Been forever a couple of weeks <laughs> But a lot has been happening. So, um, but first, uh, Richard, it's been at least a year since you've been here in here, so I wanted to catch up. What is new with Lightning Motors? What's been going on?
10: Well, the, the big things, we're just trying to scale up, build bikes uh, faster, and then bring some other models in that uh, will appeal to more motorcyclists. So we've got a, a bike that uh, we'll be introducing uh, next year, which will sell in the 18000 $19,000 range. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, uh, an e-grom, uh, lightning style electric grom. Oh, that's oh.
2: kind of big news because basically you've had the one bike, the LS2. LS. Yeah. Yes, LS two eighteen, yeah. Yeah, LS two eighteen.
5: Well, when you're ready for some beta testing, bring a couple down. We will definitely put them through the through the motions <laughs> and, and or durability tests. Yeah. At least two. <laughs> we'll stick dildos to them and see if they. Uh, hold
4: yeah, on. I think Isaac said he is definitely into grom, but.
5: Yeah, so that and a lot of flat track racing. Anyway,
4: so let's talk about
2: let's talk about first of all, there's been changes to the LS218, a bike that set many records, fastest production bike. But that's not good enough for Pike's you, Peak,
10: is it? right? Pike's Peak, yeah. yeah, that's the big. And you held that record yeah. for three years at Pike's Peak or two or three years. Uh, well, we we won it first overall the time that we went there, but uh, it, it isn't the absolute record there was one speed that was faster and then that was broken this year
0: got it okay do you yeah. want to rattle off some of the uh, the awards that the some bikes won
10: some of the awards so um because it's fastest. Pardon my
0: French fuck. That's a fast <laughs> motorcycle. He's the only other award winner in the room. I just want to point that
9: out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, I don't know. I got a big yeah. trophy up there. I want a few so awards, I, so you know.
6: I've been uh, awarded plenty of medals for my mediocrity. So yeah. <laughs>
2: So <laughs> yeah. So what what upgrades Participation medal. have yeah. you been doing to the LS218? Well,
10: it's, it's actually a new model. So, and we haven't named it yet. The, the LS218 was named after the top speed on the timing slip at Bonneville when we uh, were I didn't
2: there. know that.
7: Yeah, wow. so
10: it was 218.632 miles an hour through the wow. timing lights. Cool. cool. Okay. So we, we named it the LS218 for that. So the, the bike that we just took to Bonneville, uh, we, we first tested it at El Mirage, the dry wake fit in Southern California. And the LS218, it's, it's basically a mile dry lake bed with a third of a mile uh, timing section. So mm-hmm. we went uh, 189 with the LS218 at the end of the mile on, mm-hmm. the, on the dirt wow. dry lake bed. And we took the new bike, the LS2, question mark, question mark, that we don't know how fast it'll go yet. I get it. Uh, we took it uh, to El Mirage and went 211.7. Uh, Wow. Um, so we put almost 22, a little over 22 miles an All hour right. over the LS218. So the the hope in taking it to Bonneville was that we'd be able to to raise that record significantly. But the salt was just, you know, wet and poor, and uh, um, we weren't able to get the power above. Uh, anytime we went over 50 percent, the retire yeah. just oh, from, Can
0: you explain yeah. what that is to people who don't know about Bonneville?
10: Yeah, so Bonneville is a a salt lake that dries out in the late summer and becomes a big, you know, crusty salt uh, uh, surface. And uh, the guys who used to race it in the 60s and 70s said there used to be two feet of salt and it was like concrete. Uh And now a lot of places there's hardly half an inch of salt and it's mushy. And Uh so it's uh, one of the cases where there's a potassium processing plant on the edge of the salt lake that is just processing it selling it off by the train load and it's uh, almost gone so there's a organization called Save the Salt that's hoping to hold to save this resource so that You know crazies who want to take their cars and motorcycles out there for the (laughs) coming generations will be able to have that
1: yeah and and they have done some some really good work the uh the quality of the salt this year is uh is turning out to be a lot better than the past couple years from
10: what i've heard yeah it it definitely was better than the last the last few years it was almost unusable wasn't it closed at one point there was one year it was totally closed Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that was last year, I think, right? Yeah, not
5: long ago. Yeah. Uh, year or two, two years ago, so, I think. two years so, two. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah, remember correctly.
10: Yeah. What um. altitude were you guys uh, right, uh, doing your runs at? So Bonneville is at four thousand two hundred feet. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's electric, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of
3: what my next point well, is. Like you don't have the uh, atmosphere penalty that, uh, right? I mean, hence it's, the Pikes Peak. You know yeah. what I mean? Right, All
2: right, right. But before we get into too much detail i want to know can you can you say what are the differences between the 218 and this new bike what upgrades have you done or is this the secret sauce uh,
10: yeah so it's, it's makes a lot more power so. yeah. all right
2: so uh is it the motor the controller the battery yeah
10: motor controller battery and so then it's we upgrade the brakes we upgrade the the bowlings forks and shocks and have uh, carbon fiber swing arms, some other carbon oh, fiber. Cool.
6: Arms. Do you mind if I ask a question about uh, the gear ratios that you're running on those bikes? Sure. So uh, I know from the production LS218, the rear sprocket is ginormous, but it makes sense because it's a direct drive with no. Um, you know, like transmission other than the actual direct drive from the engine. So there are no gears involved. So I'm, I'm just asking when you do these tests, do you do it with the same size sprocket or you just put like a tiny, tiny, tiny little sprocket on there and have like a few guys push it and then just see how fast it'll go. Like, like what's uh, what are the gear ratios you typically run when you do these uh, high speed tests?
10: So the, the standard street bikes um, typically have a, a 14 inch front sprocket and a sixty-two to sixty-four inch tooth rear sprocket. Mm-hmm. That's and that's
6: fairly large.
10: It's fairly large, so that's that, like stunner sprockets, basically. But, that's, that's, <laughs> but since we're a direct drive and we don't have a main shaft to crankshaft reduction like internal combustion engine bikes, that's still geared for between one hundred and seventy and one hundred and eighty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with that gear ratio, the acceleration—I mean—it pretty much lifts the front wheel, you know, mm-hmm. at, at will. Uh, when we when we go to El Mirage or Bonneville, then we'll change the ratio to whatever speed that we think we can hit. So, okay. Um, at uh, and it, it's not a matter of you have to push it to go. The electric motors have enough torque that even geared for 240. I mean, it's lighting the tire up at 210 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
7: a little
6: bit torque. Know, oh, oh. That's that's the whole reason I asked, because um, some people have said, like, oh, well, the salt test is this or that, because they changed the gear ratio. But, I mean, to me, knowing how an electric motor works, it, changing gear ratios doesn't really affect the engine as much as it would with an internal combustion. You know, the, the whole uh, ratio between, like, torque versus, you know, the amount of revolutions you can get for the size of the sprocket, it, it's a lot more modular in that way, would
10: you say? Yeah, or the torque curve which isn't really a curve on the new bike, the question uh-huh. mark, question mm-hmm. mark. <laughs> it's pretty much a straight line from 0 to 10,000 RPM. Right. And, it, the uh, torque. and the torque is just flat. So it's, it's one of the big advantages of this this new bike.
2: So what is the potential top speed on this
10: bike? You know, we're, we're, we're trying to find out. <laughs> so, on, we'll the, on the way back, uh, we got a hold of... The guys uh, that are uh, involved with the Silver State run in mm-hmm. Nevada, so they closed down a hundred miles of Nevada highway. Oh, cool, dang. Us, uh, uh, we're also talking to um, some people that are involved in a, an airport runway in Texas where Hennessy tests his high-speed cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're we're looking for a venue where we can get traction and find out how fast it goes. So ha- cool. I'm curious, have you done you know mathematically? Yeah, what what's, do you think is that like potential?
5: on paper, on paper? What? Do you
2: think it can hit 280?
5: So... It depends on the gear ratio, doesn't it? Well, in aerodynamics, I mean, a yeah. lot of there's stuff lot of comes things. into play. Yeah,
10: aerodynamics, there's there's a lot of black art in aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah. And we, we you we get don't old, know until you get there, right? Right. And so one of the things in the last, uh, well, we've been going to Bonneville since 2009, and we always run into these guys that come in from, you know, huge corporations, you know, Caterpillar and Cummins, and mm-hmm. they go, oh, we've been working with aerodynamicists and the math, and this is going to go 450 miles an hour out of the box, right? Mm. Yeah. And they go out and do their... Are running there you know 180. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all running around you know why isn't it working right. physics, right. In
2: physics. <laughs> yeah. what's the zero to 100
10: too uh, fast yeah i know uh, we, we <laughs> haven't <laughs> tested that we yet haven't yet. tested that yet but so,
2: i mean basically it comes down to um you can make the that's the thing about electric you can make the motor potentially do anything but can the rubber stick to the ground that's mm.
10: At at uh, at El Mirage, we couldn't get the throttle all the way open until just under 100 miles an hour, and it mm. was still accelerating at four tenths of a g. So, wow! Wow! Mm.
2: Wow! And how long is that run at El Mirage? Uh, a
10: little over a mile into the timing area.
2: So mm. and then at um, so at Bonneville, you guys uh, so you, you get the wheel spin because you're running like 50 percent throttle,
10: right? Right. So most of the time, it was between 35 and 50 percent throttle. And what was, every time he would get it towards 50%, so we had data logging everything. Mm-hmm. And you look at the graph, uh, as he appro- as he exceeded 50% throttle, it would just turn into wheel spin. Let's wow. talk real
2: quick about who that he was, because uh, that would be Jim Hoogerheide. Yeah,
10: Jim Hoogerheide. Oh, yeah. uh,
7: yes.
2: Yeah, and so he's got a history of uh, racing bikes at Bonneville, right?
10: He does. So yeah. he flat track raced, he uh, road raced, and I think he's got a dozen records at Bonneville, one of them on our bike. Wow.
2: And nice. I think he's a SFMC. He is, yeah. SFMC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's on my list. I've uh, been chatting him up. I want to get him in here, too. So
5: Bosley likes him, too.
2: I can't imagine. And, and Richard, I know you weren't on the bike for any of these runs. Did you? No, did you? No, no? no, no, Um, I can't imagine. Precious what cargo. is it like to be doing 200, over 200 miles an hour? And getting wheel spin, like, how is it <laughs> possible? Or how
0: about 200 miles an hour and it's silent? Yeah.
2: How is it possible
10: well, well, to control it? And I'm curious, to, how do you deal with the
0: wind? It's like,
10: <laughs> hold on, I'll let the man talk. Hold on. All <laughs> excited. So, it's like Christmas so the, time. The the wheel spin, um, it isn't as bad. Talking to Jim and some of the other guys that do it a lot as uh, as the fishtailing and mm-hmm. but, you know looking at the oh, data acquisition <laughs> we were at uh, you know just under two-tenths of a G of fishtail going back and forth Whoa. Okay. Uh, oh my over God. And so this bike now. is
3: basically the same geometry as your production bike they didn't have an extended swing arm or anything for the purposes of record-breaking It was just
10: well, the factory bike what we do is we, we machined a six-inch bolt-on extension okay so it Got bolts it. right into the standard axle slots right. and oh. creates an mm-hmm. initial six inch wheel Okay, cool. In
3: case and you are to still, want to do that. Okay, with okay, you know, wow. <laughs> and <laughs> was and were you weekend. still getting like front end wheel lift? not, not so no, much front end much? wheel lift. Yeah, there just wasn't an the
10: attraction for that, just the, okay. the wheel spin. <clears throat> and
2: so of course, if you're the rider and you're <coughs> doing over a hundred, you're whipping down there and the bike is moving around, did, did, you're gonna let off the throttle, right?
10: You know, you, you, there's a certain survival value, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what Jim would let off at at Bonneville just to get the traction again, because you'd actually start slowing down when the tires started spinning. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the the electrics are really predictable, so he could back off a little, get the traction again. At uh, at El Mirage, the data was really interesting because at at two. 194, the rear tires started spinning, and he didn't let off. He just let it spin until it hooked up again and kept going. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah,
2: yeah I know.
6: Well, Would you man. say that it's fair to say that this is a bike that doesn't necessarily have, like, a power curve? It's basically just power, power, power. And exactly, you said it was predictable, right? So it's not like an internal combustion engine where you have, like, a peak RPM. That produces an optimal level of power. This is just something that delivers it at an incredibly linear rate, something like that.
10: That's right. Yeah. So I, I could show you uh, dyno charts, and again, the horsepower is pretty much a straight line from zero to the red line.
6: Right. So that basically, you're saying that no matter how fast you're going, you're getting all that power on tap. Depending, the only thing that it matters is really how much you're turning the throttle.
10: Yeah. It, it accelerates. You know, other than aerodynamic drag, it accelerates as hard at 150 as it does at 50. Yes, wow! Instant,
6: you're getting all your insane. torque at one. Yeah, that's so the advantage of an electric. Moment. It's yeah. like, like he said, there is no torque curve. No,
3: so it's always You there. just turn
6: the throttle and it's there. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter so how is, fast you're going.
3: Is there a different way to ride the bike than, than normal? Like, do you have to learn how to ride an electric? <laughs> I like, have never ridden one. You got like, to grow a pair of balls.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you have to be badass, yeah. especially <laughs> at 200 fucking miles an hour. You got to throw a dice or as you do. It sounds like it sounds
3: like to me from the way. That it, you know, just the way that I'm imagining it, it'd be like being on the highway, and then it'd be like being in first gear. If you let off all of a sudden, you know, you would you would get this immediate oh, kickback.
6: So,
5: is there yeah. like cruise building? That, that's now? a whole nother conversation.
6: Yeah, I'm sure it has like regenerative braking. And yeah,
5: you can adjust and, all that stuff with yeah, your cell phone and shit. It's, so-
6: that's another thing about it right like uh considering the fact that since, it's electric since how its much... radio
5: will show pictures right
6: <laughs> well one of the things i wanted to know oh i'm looking at this, this is pretty intense <laughs> you're right it is very linear it's literally a flat line but one of the things i wanted to know um about the development of i guess this bike is how much is really engineering, and how much is software engineering? Because when you are developing an electric bike, at least in my you know layperson's idea of what it takes to make a bike this intense, you have to focus a lot less on. Or a lot more on not just the way that the actual physical components are configured to produce a certain amount of power, a certain amount of torque. A lot of it has to do with the software that interprets the inputs and delivers power accordingly. So when to me, I want to know how much of this bike is engineering and how much is just dudes sitting at a computer <laughs> figuring out how this thing is supposed to respond.
10: That optimal tuning, essentially. Exactly. So... The way I see it is it's um it's whatever the bottleneck is at that point, right so if if it's um, if if it's the motor's ability to accept the current, if it's the uh, the controller's ability to transfer the current, if it's the battery's ability to supply the current, mm-hmm. then you know that's what you have to work on to get through the next step. and. Right. All through that it's software. So it's like left foot forward, right foot forward, left foot forward, right foot forward. Right. and you keep pushing each of those boundaries forward.
6: So you're saying the only appropriate on the, yeah. on the <laughs> yeah. you're saying the only appropriate bottleneck is the rider.
2: <laughs> so hey lucas i got a question okay let's say he's uh going to make another attempt at bonneville and uh his rider gets hurt and he calls you up says i need you to come ride the bike of bonneville <laughs> would you do it
6: um yes yes, <laughs> yes <please. laughs> who wants to live forever
2: Hell, can, I, can i be an alternate <laughs> oh my gosh hey i'm curious though um you aren't using a stock fairing when you're running these correct uh who designed that fairing
10: uh, it's It's been a group of land speed racers who've all evolved it. Each one that comes out is slightly different than the last one. Mm-hmm. So Jim's been involved in developing uh, a guy by the name of Ralph Hudson, Ironwood Racing. He's been involved in doing it. And uh, Ralph just did something that uh, I have a lot of admiration. He took a GSXR 1000 that he's been developing with a turbo and took it to Bolivia to the Uuni salt flat at... Twelve thousand feet, oh, wow. and yeah. went uh, two hundred and eighty-nine miles an hour. Jeez. Wow! So he's the the fastest man alive on a set-up motorcycle. How do you wow.
0: stay
6: on the bike? At well, that that's speed? that's a
10: big part of what the fairing is, right? Yeah, right. And so what a two hundred mile an hour wind's a force five hurricane, right? It mm-hmm. picks up yeah. tractors and puts them in the next county. Right. Because <laughs> I
6: remember um, back when they made the Dodge Tomahawk or whatever, that was kind of a uh, an unfaired bike right and mm-hmm. they said that they could get it up to about like 240 and then the guy riding it would just start to get peeled off
10: <laughs> so. wow. the, the question is did they really do it or did they say that's what it was?
6: <laughs> well I I can say that it's probably it's 50-50 either way but it, it just goes to show that there's a certain limit where if you don't have a really huge oversized fairing the wind will actually just grab you and throw you off the bike e- Well,
10: even with these fairings um, there, there's a huge vacuum behind the rider's back that's trying to drag you off of the back yeah. of the bike. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, even having a, a hump behind the helmet, um, you know, to, to guide the air around the helmet and over the back okay. becomes critical yeah. to staying on the bike.
6: So, so the the negative pressure wave from the rider's back, yep. it, it's like it doesn't even matter if you have a fairing big enough to cover the wind. The negative pressure will actually suck the rider off backwards
10: yeah there's a there's <laughs> <That's> a crazy <laughs> there's a, a guy that we know in salt lake that was riding a turbo Hayabusa at bonneville and he said that as he was going out of the timing lights he got this he was 215 or 220 and he got the idea that he wanted to stick his hand out and feel the wind oh,
5: <laughs> oh no. no
10: yeah not a good idea stuck his hand out and, and he, it, we call it, him stumps now <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Hold his arm around Torres rotator cuff. And, oh,
6: jeez. Uh, <laughs> wow. I've stuck my head up at about 140, and it felt like just something was just grabbing the top of my forehead and just ripping it back and so I can't fall. imagine 100 miles an hour faster than that, yeah, that would so break your neck.
5: I, I'm curious about that Richard, 100%. so how do you how do you model that I mean right, because the limiting factor I find when I'm riding on the open road, the wind is what, what it ultimately has me slow down, so do you have like a test chamber, is it computer modeling, because aerodynamics really seem to be the key here, how do you model the aerodynamics and figure that stuff out
10: uh, the the best or is it black magic. No, the best way to test it is go out and do it. So right, go to Bonneville, go to El Mirage, do the events. So <laughs> <I understand. laughs>
2: so it seems to me though um, that a lot of the the fairing technology at these high speeds is really important. The more win, uh, aerodynamic it is, the less force you need to accelerate. So less chance of the wheel spin, right?
10: Well, it, and the that's that's right. But there's kind of three components to going really fast. One of them is aerodynamic drag, the second one is power, and the third one Balls is... Balls of steel. Is, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, four. <laughs> so, and, and the the third one is traction. Yeah. Right. right? Yep. So if you have less aerodynamic drag, then... Uh, then that same amount of traction will allow you to go faster. And, and the same thing with power. So yeah. if uh, if you have enough power, then you take that out of the equation, and it's aerodynamic drag and traction and balls of steel. Yes, right. <laughs> so
2: I'm, I'm curious uh, in general about the whole Bonneville thing. So this takes place for one week every year?
10: So there are several different organizers. Mm-hmm. So this one, Speed Week, is organized by SCTA, Southern California Timing Association. And it was basically started by a a bunch of army guys after World War II Mm -hmm. who, um, you know, were hot rodders before World War II. And then they, you know, went to the war, came back and, you know, wanted to do something fun. So they went to the Dry Lakes and El Mirage and started taking belly tanks and 32 Fords and all of that and going fast. And then it's just evolved over the years. Then they went to, to Bonneville, started doing those events. And so... Uh, that's, you know, one of the key groups that's been going. And this was the 69th year that they've ran that event. Wow. wow. Um, and and the, the FIM, which, um, you know, is the International Sanction mm-hmm. Body from they have a, a group and then AMA has a group as well. Oh, wow. Typically, okay. the AMA and the FIM work together. Yep.
2: So is this the kind of event that anybody could go and watch and participate?
10: Yeah, anybody can go. Um, anybody can participate, you know, like anything. There's safety involved, so you have to, you know, build your your vehicle according to the rules. You have to go through scrutineering. They have to make sure that, you know, the bolts aren't going to fall off in the course and, you know, uh, make it as, as safe as, as possible.
8: So, um, Richard, your, your rider doesn't need an FIM
10: license to actually run it down the track. Uh, you do. If you're running an FIM event, you do need to right. be FIM licensed. That's right.
2: So, is there a real sense of community there?
10: It, it's a huge sense of community. Yeah. This is it, something that
2: sounds interesting. I, because I, I know people go just to
10: to watch. It, it's it to me. It's one of the fascinating things about it because you know there's a lot of different classes. Um, I mean, there was a guy running a. A diesel Peterbilt truck with a 16 cylinder tugboat engine that's going.
2: <laughs> to, Wait, what? It's
10: going 230 miles an hour in a Peterbilt truck across the. Wow.
2: What?
7: Holy That's, that's awesome. And it, you I'm know, makes, that. I
10: think it made. Close to 3,500 horsepower from the tugboat, <laughs> so that the the, yeah, the, the rear axle and the frame was extended so that this tugboat engine would fit into it. And, <laughs> tugboat and, engine, wow! You know, it's, I think they said 4,500 foot-pounds of torque. Wow! But, mm-hmm. So people basically, they have something. And they said, okay, I'm going to take what I have and see what rule it fits into and, and go out and, and compete. <laughs> or they, they the smart ones get a rule book and say, Okay, where's a where's a class that looks accessible? And yeah, then they build yeah. something for that class. But the the cool thing about Bonneville it's a, it's an innovators, you know, um, uh, You know, place to go and compete, Mm -hmm. right? So you work all year long trying to build a better mousetrap, and then you go out and you have a week to see whether you did it or not. Yeah. And so everybody shares that sense of, you know, how do we attack this problem? How do we put our time? And the the other thing that's really unique about this is if if you go to a, a standard road race or a flat track or, you know, supermoto or something. You know, to to win first place, you've got to beat the second fastest guy there. Yeah. At Bonneville to get a trophy, you have to be faster than the fastest guy who's ever been there (sighs) in that event in the history of the world. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't get it. So it's it's
5: validation, right? It's like it's a very tangible validation of what you did with your hands and your brain. You get to test it against everybody else. I mean, how
10: many times in life can you? can you unequivocally become the best person in history at something? Yeah. Right? I can relate. Well, third best.
0: I got to you. You know I I've been there before, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know what the limelight feels like, Rich. You know? well, Is your name Michael we should, Phelps? We should t- talk.
2: Talking about the community, there's so there's all sorts of people. I know friends who went there and they were just hanging out watching and just walking around the pits, watching everything, but you meet the most interesting people there. And Did you meet any Interesting people or person.
10: I, I, I actually met a couple really interesting yeah. ones. But uh, so we were uh, the first day we were running. We were um, preparing. I think we were three back and getting the bike ready. And uh, uh, a gentleman from Japan walked up and started asking a lot of questions.
2: Uh, right. There's people from all over the, all, over the world. All, everywhere.
10: Yeah. yeah. There was there were Russians there that were competing, and you know, um, I you feel know. like
0: it's like a scene out of Cool Runnings.
10: <laughs> or, or, or a star wars bar yeah
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a good description
3: yeah yeah
10: and so this this uh you know guy was Ooh, obviously TV. in his 70s from japan asking a lot of questions about electric bikes mm-hmm. and um when i started talking with him and and his questions were beyond the questions most people would ask right mm-hmm. and i said "Guy, you, you seem to know a lot about electric motorcycles and he said well you know i've got a couple I said, well, tell me about your bikes. And he started describing them. I said, you know, that sounds an awful, like, the Mugen, Iowa Man race bikes.
3: Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Oh, it's it's Mr. Mugen. Oh, Jesus. Okay.
10: And, And he said... <laughs> he said well they they are they are the Mugen Iowa Man race bikes oh, <laughs> I said well if, if you own the Mugen Iowa Man race bikes that makes you Hirotoshi Honda yeah uh, and he, uh-huh. he sheepishly admitted yes I'm Mr. Honda <laughs> he's Mr. Honda
9: yeah the, uh, Mr.
6: Honda. Yeah. how's
4: that for award winning? So,
6: so
0: that happened <laughs> yeah.
2: I know I mean I thought that's... it was so cool to see like Willie G at an event you know that's like motorcycle right. royalty yeah. but so Mr. Honda yeah,
0: Mr. Wow. Honda hey, wow. I mean
3: you met
6: Keanu Reeves. That's pretty cool, too. (laughs) No, Mr. (laughs) Honda.
2: That's pretty cool. So was he running anything there?
10: So there was a... uh, One of the former MotoGP riders was there. Um, He had taken two of the CB750 Hondas from the 70s -hmm. and put them on a a twin-engine frame that was built and was competing in a vintage twin-engine class. What? Wow. Wait, the, the Honda guy was yeah the, 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 the honda
2: the, guy it's called honda mr honda <laughs> no, mr um,
10: honda um <clears throat> i forget his name he rode moto gp for honda okay yeah. and uh, then retired and um because I,
0: I saw a bike like that at born free two years ago at
10: no, no no this is a little bit different. Is, all right it was, bit it, was, different. It, was a,
0: it was a vintage cb750 one.
10: let's see it was, a, it was two mm. cb750 engines on a yes. frame wow yeah.
2: oh maybe that is
10: hmm. yeah that's
0: what i was saying was
10: maybe it white and is. green I, I didn't see that bike, so wow. we, were, we were busy trying to...
0: It's like a stretched out bike, too. I mean, remember we were talking about it with Josh, the uh, that Hondas and, you know, import bikes do... Yeah, win. you
8: know, um, back in the early 70s, um, the drag racer at the time was Russ Collins... And Russ Collins loved CB 750 engines. He had a uh, triple-engined one, <laughs> and that was the I think that was yes. the wow. first that was the first bike to run in the eights, and really? that was back in '73. Wow! I was called the Atchison, wow. Topeka, and Santa Fe, and that was when they had um,
6: tires that were like as thin as a pencil eraser. Right. Too. <laughs> well, on the front.
8: I mean, the back one they always had slicks. But then he went to a twin-engined Honda, which was the I think the Sorcerer. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Great wow. stuff from back in the day. We, so it'd be good to see one of those things going up, going down the strip again. You, you know what I was
5: going to ask? You guys mentioned a couple of things. One was GP. The other was Isle of Man. You know, we're seeing the electric bikes in Isle of Man. So, Richard, when are we going to see these bikes on the racetrack? I mean, we know they're fast, but, you know, until you're out there in Europe doing MotoGP.
10: So yeah. what do you see down that front? So, you know, up uh, and until... Or of Until recently, you know, a GP race is around 50 miles. Uh-huh. And, you know, the longest race anyone's been able to do on electric so far is Iowa Man, which is about 38 miles. Uh-huh. Um, but but uh, when Moto America was at Laguna, we took a bike that we prepared and mm-hmm. did a test down there. And um, it ran just short of 50 miles with a GP rider on it nice. at, at qualifying speed. So nice. it's still... You know, it's still heavier than a GP bike. So sure. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, it does have a lot of features. Like there's uh, less centrifugal inertia, Crazy. right? So right. there are some advantages as well. There so are. So it's not just the straight weight versus weight. It's a uh, it's a whole different
10: animal.
2: So I wanted to take a moment to talk about what's coming down the road. So you mentioned that you've got a couple new bikes: the Spark and the Strike and the Strike. Let's talk about the Spark first. What is this bike? What it what 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 is it?
10: So it's it's very similar, you know, it's small wheel, uh, motard electric type bike, you know, um, along the lines of the Grom, but we, you know, the Grom is nine and a half horsepower, 125 at mm-hmm. the at the crankshaft, mm-hmm. and the one that we're doing is over 30 horsepower. <laughs>
6: wow! So this is a thoroughbred hooligan machine. <laughs>
10: I,
5: I really
9: hope
7: you
10: put a beefy
5: suspension on it, because.
10: it's it's a really it's a really uh, we're really excited about the product because we've been testing it now for the last six months we've done everything from put people on it that have never ridden a motorcycle only a bicycle Mm -hmm. to putting guys with number one plates on it and uh, when we were at el mirage the the land speed guys kept coming that i know kept coming into the pits and taking off with it (laughs) and racing guys with uh with uh, hondas up in the hills (laughs) (laughs) i mean we couldn't keep it there it's it's Everyone who's ridden it, it really enjoys it, so I hmm. think it's going to be a great product.
2: So this is a Grom-like bike. Um, what do you know? What price range you're shooting for yet?
10: So the the basic bike entry level is thirty nine ninety five. Okay. Wow. wow. Whoa.
2: So wow. this is a game changer for the electric <clears throat> bike
6: market. So under four k. Correct. For it, no. basically a Grom with three times the horsepower. Yes. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. But
2: what what size break.
10: battery? Um, that's just under five kilowatt hours, so okay. it's you know running around Santa Cruz, forty forty-five miles, yeah, I was say, you know yeah, having 40, fun. 50
5: miles. Does it have, will it have different modes like an eco mode, performance mode, kind of thing or?
10: it it does what you choose them with the throttle (laughs) it's called the
2: fuck you man
6: they're they're requiring you to be a responsible hooligan make sure you don't run out of battery power
8: (laughs) the bike that you showed me richard that i really like the look of was the one we the kind of baby monster um with a trellis frame that's a great looking machine now what what kind of price range is that gonna be at because that's a highest specification bike. Still in the grand
10: theme, but it's a it's a very high specification. Is it the strike?
2: That she's talking about. No,
10: this is. Uh, I, I still didn't the strike. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay. uh, so there's a couple different versions of it that we're, okay, we're building. Okay, I see. That you're so um, that's uh, closer to forty horsepower, um, and with a larger battery, mm-hmm. um, it's probably in the the high five thousand dollar range. Okay. okay.
2: Oh, okay, I, okay. And then let's talk about. Um, where these bikes are being made because you've been making your bikes here in California, the L S.
10: In San Carlos.
2: So what about these new bikes?
10: Well we'll still do we'll still do all the manufacturing, all the final assembly in San Carlos mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. But uh, we recently uh, have opened up a factory in, in China like wow. everybody else. And right. it, we we own the factory, we own the machines, it's our employees and we're we're building parts there so that we can be we can compete against all the other people that are building parts. Bring prices down too exactly but, you know, yeah
0: make it more uh approachable and affordable.
8: Y- you know i i think comparing it to the gram is it really is where it's at because of course the grom's made not made in japan mm. the grom's actually made in china as yeah. is the kawasaki mm. so if, yeah i don't see any problem with it yeah as, as long as the quality control as is there as long as the yeah. quality controls there yeah
3: right.
8: well,
1: they, they right. said they own their own
6: factory and everything so i mean it's like quality yeah. control is a lot more linear when you don't have to go through all these channels
1: yeah you
6: know.
2: well yeah so it sounds like you'll be in charge of your own quality control
10: you know it's our yeah it's our own management team our own quality control we're you know in control of all of it
2: and the, the, so these are coming out next year
10: they are yeah do you so. have a
2: prediction of how many units you're going to build next year
10: uh, we it's I, I don't know exactly, but we're doing right now. We have uh, thirty five that we're putting together to get out right. to test people. Cool. Right. Um, do you have any uh,
8: plans of A how volunteer. you're actually going to market these things? Are going to be sold through the factory? Are you looking for dealers to pick them up? Yeah, through dealers. Uh, through de- through existing dealerships. If if you wanted
5: someone to market it in hooligan style throughout Santa Cruz, <laughs> I am happy <laughs> to be your volunteer. I know the best.
2: No, he's. If you really want people to notice the bike this is your man because he rides around town naked i kid you <laughs> i kid you, I kid you yeah, not naked gym. L- they, L- everybody's going to be looking at boots. his
6: pale ass though instead of the bike well they notice yeah. the bike <laughs>
2: yeah, that's he's a good, just that's he's a just a hook point. though that's a good point so let's talk about the other bike the so, yeah, strike
10: so, so the other bike is the strike and it's um kind of a 650 to 700 cc equivalent bike so okay. a, a, around 100 horsepower and uh we'll sell it in the teens and there'll still be a know high quality high content bike. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and full what weight, kind of, weight, what so kind it, of riding full is size the, bike, right? Yeah, full size bike, yeah. yeah. And what's it gear too? What kind of riding? So, it, it's easy to change the gearing, right? So, the well, no, like, styling, style he's writing. talking about like ah, sport, fared,
6: half fared, what's the frame
10: Touring like? Town. Right. So, yeah. the, the, the first ones will be sport bikes, you know, mm-hmm. similar, and then the next ones will be more of a kind of an upright, semi naked bike, like a, you know, Tuano Super Duke type of bike. Yeah. Because mm.
2: cool. something I've noticed um, we've, you know, we've had a lot of different representatives from electric companies here, from electric motorcycles, and everybody kind of, pick their own niche pick their own corner to build up their company their reputation but now it's everyone's starting to throw their hat into the ring and everyone's going to be coming out with similar similar products um not just all the existing companies i mean obviously you're going to be really competing with zero um but then we know that we have ktm and all these other companies that are going to be coming out with similar bikes
5: well in europe
2: there's a huge boom in electric bikes coming. Now you've probably been Isn't mapping KPM this for. Doing something yeah, it? you've been mapping this for a long time, right?
10: Yeah, we have. Yeah.
2: And you feel that these prices they're going to be competitive with everyone, and that's why you you went to China.
10: In the near term, yeah, I think um, it, it. You know, everybody is making parts in Asia. You know, BMW just announced their partnership with. Um, um, TVS for the 310. Mm-hmm. So they're making it in India. You know, KTM has a partnership with Bajaj. Yeah. Honda's making bikes in Vietnam. Yeah. You know, we did a
8: whole show on this, Richard. Um, oh, gosh, about nine months ago now, about where is your bike made? Mm-hmm. And I think we covered 30 countries, 35 yeah. countries. Yeah. It was just oh, it was oh, amazing, actually. It's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah.
6: I, I wasn't there for that, but I'm assuming you shattered the illusion of the American-made Harley.:
8: Oh yeah: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's American Lucas. made,
6: except for 90 percent of it.
0: Lucas, shatter I, the I, illusion again, Lucas. I have a question.: I have a
7: question I'm good.
0: <laughs> it's we, been covered.:
5: We had so- in the news today we were talking, where was it wiser that they're going to ban) um,
8: Well, UK and and France. Well, well, hang on before you do a blanket across the UK. It's being phased in in a London starts first. Right. But I'm curious because what's happening? hold on. Let's let's make the announcement.
2: So here's what's happening.
8: I'm out of
2: The UK, uh, they need to reduce their emissions there. And they announced that they're going to ban new sales of diesel and petrol. cars and trucks starting in 2040.
5: Right. And my my point is that's good, right? Because there's a a drop dead date. But I think the market is going to get that way sooner, right? And kind of my question, like Richard, I just, I, I bought an FC1, right? How many years before I can get that same thing cheaper you know from a purchase standpoint and a maintenance standpoint i know from a maintenance standpoint, but when am i all of a sudden it doesn't make sense for me to buy that fc1 it makes sense for me to buy this electric bike. so, so you're saying when do you when does is? it
6: become completely obsolete
5: yeah when is there just make there's no good reason other than nostalgia or whatever to buy and, that, and that noise big fast bike <laughs> you want noise well you can buy that, but when you, when you get the big fast bike
2: but i mean it already exists for some people like electric terry who puts on a lot of miles on a bike because you're not paying for the the gas and the maintenance. Right. If you're putting so that's what factors in.
5: But what is it more like price point? Like it's just a no brainer that you do this. I
10: I I think my prediction is it's somewhere around five years out. Yeah. Okay.
5: Really?
1: Yeah.
6: It's right. That's soon. Yeah.
10: That's um, soon. if not sooner, I would say.
2: Well that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to point out is that Holy shit balls, it's ha- it's happening. It's ramping up. Like It's the future
5: yeah. already. <laughs> well, look at Alta. I mean, I mean before you know it Alta dirt bikes are going to be dominating, you know, motocross and supercross and all that shit because you know they're just kind of dialing it in, but I think motocross might happen pretty darn quick.
2: Can you have a question?
9: You had a question about uh, about battery technology. I mean, there's about roughly 150 different battery technologies out there that are being researched the most promising I don't know about this application but the most promising looks like uh, uh, the lithium polymer um, I know that weight and the and charge time that's like a big deal in order to get the to get these the price of the motorcycles down to a place where you know when you're looking at between a co- internal combustion engine and electric you're like I'm going to go with electric. So I'm wondering, in terms of uh, weight reduction, uh, what are the promising battery technologies that you guys are looking at right now? It's a good question.
10: Yeah. So um, there's there's a lot of different stuff, as you say, that's going on with battery development. Um, it's still the LMNCs, the lithium manganese nickel cobalt kind of chemistries mm-hmm. that are predominant in transportation. And right now, around 240, 250 watt hours per kilogram okay. is is pretty much you know state of the art in in um, in delivered vehicles. But almost every manufacturer has stuff that they claim will be coming out in the next year or so that is 20% higher than that. Mm. And uh, almost everyone has something in the lab that's more than double that. Mm-hmm. So,
4: so can I ask what about aluminum oxide?
10: Um it's not my not area of, of expertise mm-hmm. okay. so, I, so I don't know
4: <coughs> Here's a, another
2: thing that this just broke uh like a couple of days ago or yesterday which is pretty interesting. Um you're talking about American-made motorcycles. There's a company America. Confederate Confederate Motorcycles. A lot of people may have heard of them. They make $150,000 high-end custom bikes. They look like $150,000 bikes. There's they're one very the nice. The, yeah, it, there's one at the Quail this year. Yeah, there's one at the Quail. These guys have been making bikes for like 20 or 30 years. They're, they come from craftsmen. Uh, they're metal workers down in Alabama, and they make some amazing machines. They just announced two big things. Um, one, that they are ending production of their gas-powered bikes.
8: What? Yep. Interesting. Uh, they are I making.
2: Was they're making. They're going forward, making bikes using the zero drivetrain. They're going to do a double engine electric bike. I assume it's going to be a cruiser of some type or a custom. We don't know yet. But since nobody has gone into that market yet that I know of, it seems like that's the best decision. Mm -hmm. Also, their big announcement is that they're dropping the name Confederate, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. That's not surprising
7: at all. (laughs) Uh, That's the least surprising
9: news.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, talk (laughs) about reinventing. um, And so the name of the company going forward is going to be Curtis Motorcycles. That sounds dope. Cool. So uh, a nod to uh, Glenn Curtis, I think, uh, the original Curtis Bikes. Yep. Yeah. So that's a huge announcement from yeah. a company. Now they don't do a lot of bikes every yeah, year. Yeah, they're a
3: boutique shop. It's a boutique yeah. shop, but yeah.
2: they're one of the successful, well-respected uh, companies. The fact that they're going to electric is is huge. Yeah, yeah.
8: but now, I think it's well, a that, perfect
6: fit. Yeah, yeah. Now, that that means that they think that's where the market's going. So yep. I think that's a very significant point. No, where it, they, no. To
8: be fair, Lucas, it's it where they think their market's going. Well, that's right now.
6: well, the high end yeah. market is obviously going to be dominated by electric. It's R- really just it's not even a question.
2: Richard, what do you think about that decision?
10: So it's um, so. Back to Bonneville again, you know, mm-hmm, I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I was sure. standing at the starting line, our bike's ready to leave, I'm standing there with Mr. Honda, you know, having one of the moments of my life, and I, <laughs> I said, you know, how often am I going to get a chance to ask this question? I said, Mr. Honda, what's the future of electric bikes? Oh,
2: my God, I thought he was going to ask him
10: what is up-the-butt
2: bike, bike.
10: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I, I, I did find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, there. let's go yes, back to... He,
7: praise he, praise. Built, he
2: built all the okay. up butt bikes. <laughs> Hold on. So, all right, again, the question you did ask him, because I didn't hear that. All right.
10: Yeah, so I, I asked him, you know, w- what do you think of the future? He said, the yes. future is electric. Motorcycles, yeah. transportation is all electric. And he said, I'm spending a lot of my time lobbying Japanese government to start embracing it, um, you wow. know, with incentives. Wow. Cool. Okay. So when you hear that from Mr. Honda... Yeah. <laughs>
2: So well, wait, a he, m- wait a minute. He's the guy with clout. Wait, what? What is his
8: up the bud bike? <laughs> Kawasaki Z1000. So, <a> so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs>
2: so,
10: so, his favorite bike of all time yeah. is the Vincent Black Shadow. Uh-huh. Hey, Ooh. there it is. Oh, he, man he, of taste. He said he has two Harley Davidsons that he's totally modified because they were shit when he got
7: them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yes. about right. Yes.
10: <laughs> and he said his his dream bike is a Mugen recreation of the in black shadow
3: oh, oh, wow. Cool. oh wow somebody needs to do that that,
2: that just see. went off the chart yeah i uh, know right <laughs> like i couldn't even right? think of that
3: we
6: yeah, were reaching levels never right thought now. possible
2: <laughs> that's amazing wow. so but, but back to you so did it, did the decision that uh confederate announced did that surprise you
10: no they've been talking to everybody in the yeah. industry about this for the last year or so yeah
7: Mm-hmm.
2: because I, I know that um, you a lot of the electric companies do talk to each other uh, for resources and such so do you find that when do you consider them competition or is everybody still helping one another?
10: You know I think I think everyone will be competing mm-hmm. but you know, gas bikes are all competing against each other right now. I mean, there's there's a market for KTM's, for Suzuki's, for Hondas, for Ducatis, for Aprilias, mm-hmm. for there's there's a market. Different different people want different bikes. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's not likely that we're going to have just one company.
6: Yeah. Do you think that um, there's going to be like a certain limit where just internal combustion engines become? inherently less efficient like we're starting to see one of the things i thought when i saw the h2 series of ninjas they're like haha they're supercharged right a lot of people would say that oh this is the next pinnacle in internal combustion engine development but to me that was almost like a death knell it's like we've reached a point where we now can't squeeze any more power (laughs) so we gotta
3: supercharge the internal combustion engine reached its peak (laughs) in the 50s after that like it was just the advancements in variabilities and, like, you know, fuel injection, cam timing. You're, you're
7: correct.
6: And that, but you know, would that, you argue that it's advanced
3: yeah. on kind of a significant um, plane? Yeah.
6: Yeah. But I feel like now it's kind of tapering off, where it's like you can only pull so many, yeah. you know, rabbits out of a hat to right. get I mean, extra like
3: horsepower. Gasoline, you know? gasoline <laughs> only has x amount of joules of energy per kilogram or whatever, and and uh, and there's it's only a certain amount efficient, you know. Yeah, and, and then a lot of the energy ends up it's as heat. A lot heat. of the energy yeah. ends up as
6: noise. Uh, you know, it's it's not efficient. Yeah. And I feel like soon we're gonna hit a point where it's like, oh, the new bike has like. Point eight horsepower more, like wow! Yeah,
3: it's, it's
5: getting there, yeah. even with variable oh, we, compression. Well, I mean, like we, we we know that we know combustion we, engines are, are already a thing of the past, so to speak. But at the same time, some people still race horses. You know what I'm saying? So, sure.
6: well, well I, you know, I'm talking about a pure performance standpoint. Like oh. they can't sell the new Jixer and be like, "This one's so much faster than the last gen" because it makes like one extra horsepower. Re-
10: really, know? we've we've been <laughs> there. We've been there for a while, yeah. right? it's okay. You know, the, the new great, you know, Jixxer makes you know, three horsepower more than two years ago, and it's right. three pounds lighter, right? It's like really incremental little gains. Yeah. Yeah. And electrics are, this is still, you know, this is still 1907 for electrics, yep. yeah. right? I mean, yep. there's small, you know, small groups of enthusiastic people, you know, at Lightning, at Alta, at different places. I mean, it's not like you have... Huge, huge! You know, it's not like Honda is spending all of their time developing the next greatest thing. So right? it's funny.
5: I, I have a question. Liza didn't want me to ask it, I don't think. But um, anyway, Mike Corbin, right? You're familiar with Mike? Yeah, yeah. So he was doing close to 200 unofficially, and maybe over 200 miles an hour on an electric bike, like back in 1971 or two. It,
10: Mike, Mike introduces me when we're together as the asshole that took his record. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Nice. That's sounds. Do you my- do you bow? <laughs> <laughs> Give a curtsy,
5: and, and what a, what a nice guy Mike is. But it's, it's interesting to think as we're making this comparison, where where they're backing out. It's funny how how I don't know if Mike was ahead of things back then, but when you think about the top speed you're doing and the top speed Mike was doing in 1970, you know 70 71, it's not a huge huge difference.
10: Well, it, Mike it, had yeah. balls of steel. I, it's just such an to what Mike was. Doing. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. His record was actually around 160 right yeah. so you you have speeds Let that you can stand. you can go but he didn't have a motor controller right yeah. he, he had, had
2: switches he had yes. knife switches
10: yeah. <laughs> so he would like push this thing until it got going you know at a decent speed right. where he thought engaging the knife switch wouldn't make him you know yeah. would so make it fishtail and roll yeah. over <laughs> and then he would engage like three or four of the batteries and then oh, when wow. he got up to when that stopped spinning he'd engage the next knife switch right? oh
3: wow <laughs>
6: and, and I had when, no idea when,
10: when that stopped spinning he would you know engage the next wow. knife switch
6: it's like apples and oranges here So. Right, you know yeah.
10: i mean we can ride our bike to the hotel after we're done
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
10: you don't need an thing. extra knife
2: for that so uh-huh. i wanted to go back though <clears throat> we we're talking about how the uk announced the end of the new new engines sales um which uh, by the way they didn't mention motorcycles but motorcycles seems obvious solution. The whole reason for all this is because they need to cut emissions and the use of motorcycles, even if they're gas motorcycles, still cuts emissions from cars. But how do you foresee this going down in the US? We know that they're very progressive uh, in Europe. I don't know in Japan if you think something like that would happen, or do you think we're gonna be in the front of the pack or the end of the pack for making that change?
10: So. We're in a position, because we've set some records and won some championships, that we've we've had a lot of contact from different companies around the world. Mm -hmm. And in India, in South America, in Southeast Asia, there's a lot of political pressure from the central government to get people off of, you know, $800, $1,000 scooters with no emission equipment and get them onto electric. So... There's you know, a huge push. We talked to a group in India that says there's half a million gas bikes sitting in warehouses in India right now mm-hmm. that can't be sold because they don't meet the current emission standard. Wow. So, you know, they're going to have to find some way to sell them someplace. Else. But but the whole world is changing as far as what, you know, uh, what, what they see going on with, with transportation. And in my my opinion the us is like way behind
6: yeah we really are do you see the us as being kind of both the pinnacle and also kind of just clinging to a lot of what we know because i know that you know just historically speaking the us has developed a lot of things that were very ahead of its time but that were met with really strong initial resistance Uh, You know, we pioneered plenty of technologies that were just patently insane to the institutions that, uh, you know, were responsible for those types of fields. And do you think that, you know, because of that in America, well, almost because of that, but also in spite of that, you can succeed with something that is very revolutionary without having to change the whole game?
10: Yeah, I think that I mean clearly we have we've been one of the leaders in innovation, right? But at the same time, we have a, a, a group of people who have an in an, a disproportionate amount of power who don't want to see things change from what they are. Yeah. So one of the statistics that's really interesting to me. Is worldwide last year there was over 110 million motorcycles sold. In the US it was about 450,000. Wow. So we're like yeah. less than half a percent of the world. We've got yeah. high end bikes, you know, but um, we're, we're a pretty small percentage of the world market and the rest of the world is embracing electric technology.
6: Yeah. Yep, that was a little bit of a convoluted question, but you did a great job answering it.
10: It was a convoluted <laughs> answer, <yeah. laughs>
1: and, no. and in, in countries like like Norway and Denmark, and to some degree Germany and France, they're they're already moving forward with electrics yep. and and offering more and more incentives. They're just
3: more forward with renewables in general. They've been hip to it for years and yeah. decades. In, in
10: China, there's 150 million electric scooters on the streets that yeah. people wow. use for transportation. Wow. wow.
2: So um, you mentioned earlier that you'll be selling these through dealers. Correct. <laughs> are you set up with any dealers right now?
10: We're, we're in discussion with some dealers, but we haven't finalized it. Are,
2: are you talking U.S. or outside of the U.S.? Both. Um. So, like, Europe is, because Europe is happening right now, is that where you're
10: looking? Um, We're in discussions with um, some groups in Europe, some groups in Australia, some uh, Southeast Asia areas. Mm -hmm.
2: So how soon do you think people might be able to go down and see this spark or
10: the strike? Um, The the goal is to have them in dealers Mm -hmm. here in the Bay Area um, next year. (coughs) Wow.
5: Cool. Wow.
2: Nice. Nice.
10: Because
5: I commute every day. I am so down (laughs) with an electric bike when I can plug it in at home, commute, (laughs) plug it in at work, commute. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because you're taking on dealers, that means you're not going to be selling direct anymore, right? Correct. Because you don't want to be in competition with your dealers. Correct. So there's not, if people want to do like pre orders or something like that, they're going to have to go through a a dealership. Yes. But it sounds like at that price point, um, that there may be people who want to do some pre-orders. Do you foresee any other immediate competition in that same category? Because I know that, like, you can go online and type in EGROM, and there are these (laughs) Chinese-made bikes for, like, two grand that I don't know that I could trust them.
10: Yeah, 90% of them are, like, two or three horsepower. Right. And they're inexpensive, Mm -hmm. and they have... Either wet acid batteries or they have kind of poor quality lithium batteries. So, yeah. you know, I think it's one of the challenges. You know, how do you how do you convince people the difference between a you know something that's an inferior product and what's a good product?
6: But your company is very performance oriented, and I think that kind of speaks for itself. You know, for someone who is interested in getting what they feel is the optimal experience. You know that uh, it's almost a no-brainer, right? So if if you're ending up with something like that, you know you, you get a little Chinese thing, you know the battery is crazy. They wouldn't let you take it on an airplane, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's 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 not a hard sell if you're like, oh well, I'm looking at something that is, you know, it's half the price, but it's like a quarter of their performance. You know, it's really not as much of a value.
10: I think to anybody that rides, all all you need to do is get on one and ride. I mean, even the Grom, which is a good quality product or the Kawasaki. I mean the journalists are like sixty two miles an hour full tuck with a little down a hill, you know. (laughs) And you know, I really welcome any of you to come and ride our bike. I mean it it accelerates. I
2: was gonna say, um, I will send you an email shortly. (laughs) Yes please. Please. Let's go. No, no, hold on. Is this something that we could seriously set up?
10: Sure. Yeah. Because we we would
2: set up a visit, misfits come visit.
10: Oh, you need to do your, it. Yeah, yes. and you're, I'm, you're I'm bringing broadcast. two orange cones. By we're, the way, we're just over the hill.
4: I, I just got two okay. new orange cones. I'm happy.
2: Uh, okay, you can keep those <laughs> orange cones at
4: home. All right. No. Um. No. Well,
2: let's definitely do that. But Bex nice. brought up a question earlier that I I think it's worth asking because we're talking about you know the future's here. It's going to be electric, but there also has to be. In the works plans for how do you deal with the end-of-life batteries so is that something that individual companies are also already dealing with the infrastructure of how to recycle
4: yeah can I can I quickly add you mentioned that electric is like at 1907 and we have a hundred and fifty million already so are what is already in the works to recoup or uh, Increase the efficiency, make this a more ecological choice as well.
10: So I, I really think it already is, and I think a lot of what we're concerned about is kind of red herring, mm-hmm. right? So inside of a lithium battery, most of the material by weight is copper anode and aluminum, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally recyclable. Mm-hmm. So we have companies that want to recycle batteries that call us up and say, "Hey, do you have any batteries we can buy to recycle?" and cool. The, the second life battery, like um, batteries are rated, they do so many cycles, you know, 500 cycles, 2,000 cycles, 3,000 cycles, and then when they drop to 80% of their original capacity, they're, they're deemed to not be useful at that point. So if you've got a 100-mile range and it drops to 80-mile range, then they would be recycled. But what... What a lot of people are doing is using those for off-grid storage, mm-hmm. and they can work for years additional. Oh, as I that. See. Yeah, Get adding repurposed. more
4: salt, more there's water, using yeah. them as a storage. But there's a full
10: yeah, market you, for that. There is. Yeah, yeah. people want and, those. Yeah, there's there's a ton of uh, of those where people want you know the the power wall in their garage. Right. And, awesome.
6: I have a question about longevity uh, in terms of batteries. Well, not really in terms of batteries, but in terms of the motorcycles themselves. Um, Are those sirens coming?
10: Yeah, yeah. those, those yeah. aren't sirens. Santa Cruz is a small town. Yeah, you, you hear Santa sirens Cruz. pretty much right every week yeah. you're, you're at
6: the good. same
0: time for some reason. Yep. <laughs> my
6: my question is though, um, I don't know about the lightning <clears throat> motorcycles themselves, but I've seen plenty of motorcycles that have more modular system uh, in terms of batteries, like, um, like that one up there, the Motor Sis. Uh, that one had batteries that pulled straight out of the side so they were in kind of an array. So what I wanted to ask uh, in that kind of same vein is that if someone purchases a motorcycle (laughs) in 2018 uh, by 2020 is battery technology going to get so much better that they're going to need to buy a new motorcycle or do you plan to give people the ability to implement different batteries into their existing motorcycle talking about future future proving yes <laughs> yes exactly
10: so the way that we build our bikes it's, it's very straightforward to replace the batteries so you know i don't know about you know other groups what they'll do right but you know it's i think it's the batteries are following what what they called Moore's law for computers, right? So right. it's like every four or five years, the batteries get almost you know twice the capacity. Mm-hmm. So I think if you buy a bike, and you know in four or five or six years, then you know you could go a lot farther. Yeah. Probably not a lot faster, but go a lot farther or have a lighter bike. Yeah.
5: And we yeah we've talked about this like you know do you lease a battery? You know <laughs> buy the bike and lease batteries. So th- this conversation comes up a lot like. You know, how do you deal with the quickly evolving technology? That's a good question. Yeah. Because the bike's not going to change that much. The suspension all that kind of stuff. But the battery technology is.
10: Even the motor and electronics, right? Uh, motors have not changed a lot since Tesla invented them. Right. Yeah.
6: right. Is, is that the biggest bottleneck to having a better bike is just having better battery technology?
2: Well, infrastructure. We're yeah. still waiting for the infrastructure. But what, the, the wouldn't it be cool?
6: Sorry. I'm talking about a purely performance standpoint. Like, what, it, what is separating the best bike that you have now versus the best bike that you could imagine yourselves making in 10 years?
10: So what do you mean as far as best bike? Well, I mean, term- it, it, say say we can make a bike now. Say, say our bike goes, you know. 200, mm-hmm. pick some number, right? Right. I mean, how much faster than that do you want to go?
6: That's a very good question. And, and <laughs> it's well, already on the cusp of rideability. So, so but essentially, from,
10: <laughs> if I if, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the the
1: the performance in terms of the speed is is largely limited to the motor and what the motor can do. The range that you get is largely limited to by the by the battery capacity, right?
10: Correct. Yeah. Correct. So you know the range, mm-hmm. yeah, being able to, to have a bike, and we've got bikes now that'll go. You know 150 160 miles on a charge mm-hmm. and you can recharge them on a level three in 35 minutes yeah that's right? awesome so it's, nice. it's not a big penalty over gas I yeah mean, I could, you could refuel gas in five.
6: Well, it's way cheaper too. I mean, whatever you're paying for kilowatt hours, it certainly beats how many so, taxes you get in California.
10: <laughs> so one, one thing, kind of quick story, something that was that was interesting as far as where are electric bikes versus gas bikes. So we went to Circuit of the Americas and we did a test there with the electric bikes. Mm-hmm. And Loris Caparazzi rode our bike. Uh, you know the. Dolores, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we went to um, Laguna and we did a test with uh, Gregorio Lavia. Mm-hmm. Um, who was uh, also GP writer, and he pulled me aside and and said, "So tell me everything about this bike." Loris told me these things are really fast. Yeah.
7: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's great. That's cool. This,
10: you know, this again was one of those moments I never dreamed of when mm, I started right. this. I'm going to be sitting there talking to a GP writer, and and he literally said, "You know, I've got I've got a new baby at home, and my wife expects me to come home tonight." Oh, <laughs>
9: <laughs> Congratulations. Ken Jacobs. like yeah, uh with regard to um, um the uh, battery issue there is there's like two different ways that i can think of where i would feel really comfortable and over my range anxiety uh, with regards to battery one was if i could get on a subscription program with the battery where you could say okay i buy a bike now and then when battery technology improves because i've been paying the subscription i can just get a new battery just plug and play and you're ready to go the other thing that would be cool is if there were just batteries everywhere like if Mm -hmm. i could go to 7-eleven and when i go in there and, and I pay, and I pull out a new battery module and I stick the old mm. one in because I don't own it. And now yeah. I, I'm no matter where I go, I can always get it's like, a, on time yeah, to like, a,
4: like a propane tank, yeah, like
9: yeah, like a vending yeah. machine, except for
4: at a gas station, but not gas,
9: yeah, exactly like a vending machine um, for batteries. So, you know,
8: I it's, talked hmm. about this ages ago with the guys from Alta and I think you own the bike but you lease the battery pack. And that would be the way to
6: make that work. That makes a a lot of sense. Mm. And and you can just cut down on the charging altogether because they already have them.
8: Right, and because you never owned the battery pack in the first place, you wouldn't have to worry about disposing of it.
10: And there's another big advantage of that, right? Because as we transition to renewable energy, one of the biggest problems is energy storage, right? So what do you do? Sun shining, winds blowing. What do you do when it's not? So if you've got gas stations that have the walls lined with batteries. And those are basically, you know, huge storage banks that take power when it's cheap on the grid and sell it when it's a, you basically every gas station ends up being an energy arbitrage station, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they yep. buy energy when it's cheap, they sell it when it's high, they make well, a margin on it. Know. Yeah, except yeah. it's except it's oil based, right? Right. right.
7: Okay. The other
6: thing that's cool about that is that uh, there's Everything is essentially on par. So if you go to a different gas station, even if you go to the same gas station on two different days, you can get different gas. And especially if you go to the cheaper stations, they'll buy whatever's left over, and you you don't even know what you're getting. So, I mean, (laughs) electricity is electricity, right? So I I can see that as being just a lot more consumer-friendly based on the fact that there is no uh, question about exactly what you're getting.
10: Cool. Did you have one last question? I've got a question about the charge hookup. When you go to like Google headquarters,
9: um, you see all these parking spaces where cars, electric cars, can park and hook up their car and charge it up. But is the is do your electric bikes or
10: like uh, other electric bike companies have the same hookup that the cars do? We do. We make th- that's an option. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, the J-plug. The, it's the charger. There's a special charger that takes that.
4: Um, there's different charging options. I, I know so we're wrapping up, but I have one like futuristic kind of interesting question where uh, backpacks are now coming out with solar panels that are able to charge our cell phones while we're on our motorbikes. What about designing a bike that has solar panels as fairings? That will Whoa. be enough to power the turn signals.
7: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's yeah. why. That's a, that. If it
2: seems obvious to you, and they're not using it, that's why. Electric Terry has explained that over you, and over. You else. could so charge there's...
6: your cell phone with like one regenerative braking session. So it's <laughs> so, so like
10: a quick, quick data point just to answer that, right? <laughs> so one square meter has basically one kilowatt of energy in peak sun, you know, uh, when the sun's shining, and most solar panels, the the really good ones. Are about twenty percent efficient, so you get about two hundred, you know, watts in an hour from a square meter. So, mm-hmm. and that's facing right at the sun. So, our, our bike big. at full power requires five times the electricity as what the building that we make them in has. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just uh, the ratio. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: Thank you for actually breaking it down yeah. i appreciate exactly. that You'd be
6: better off with like some kind of mercury fusion reactor or something like that. so <laughs> if you want to wear something like that because
4: yeah. like
2: we're pleasure. getting low on time there's another big event that's been happening recently and mike is going to give us an update mike what's been going on
0: uh yuri's back over at the Isle of man uh tt and um <laughs> this, <laughs> this year he's he's racing in the classics and um I'm just gonna read the description of what the so classic is yeah
2: isle T-T- of man is. is happening
5: well cheer up a little bit mike you sound and did, dumb, you, see cool,
2: did uh, you see the guys he's racing against the, yeah. like, there's dunlops there's all, oh. uh,
5: so wait, and he's racing i think yeah. it's a cb 350. it's a cb yeah 350. A yeah
0: fucking boss all wow. red well the the classic it says or it's, here's the description it says the classic tt is a natural spin-off from the isle of man he gives fans and enth- the- the enthusiasts a chance to experience a history of the world's biggest motorcycle road race in real time. Stars of today's race race on most famous mountain course riding bikes that would otherwise be confined to museums and private collections. Wow. So it's nice. it's a little bit different than what he's been doing the so past couple of years.
2: How, so how's he how's, how's it been going there for him? Um, give us an update. How's he doing? Yeah,
0: so he's, he's giving me a bunch of information here. And I'm just going to rattle off some of the things that he was telling me. Um... Well, first of all so
2: first of all he's still alive
0: yeah
2: (laughs) that's
9: That's a win
0: yeah and he says that um the the actual racing like the practice uh lap started on the 17th and so you i guess this weekend and through the rest of this week is when he's going to be doing the race he said the sign-in is august 17th the first night of practice is saturday uh the evening of the 19th and then um yeah so
5: hopefully the weather's okay yeah,
0: yeah. I mean it could be it could be you know in and out well, over there
5: well like last time i got like fucking two laps in oh, remember yeah. when he first yeah. went over he goes yeah two laps and then I had he's to been there for a
0: while like tinkering on the bike and stuff and you know he's hooking up with a lot of like the old the, you know a lot of people he knows now because he has connections so yeah
3: he's been awesome.
5: riding around so he
2: hasn't has so. he had any runs yet are there any times or anything
0: no he doesn't have times yet uh because they're doing the practices this okay. week but um yeah so he's riding a 1972 honda cb um 350 4k Wow. Um, he says he owns it and he's he's running the program himself nice
2: cool so since i i know a lot of us are following but mike um can you keep us up to date with uh, how he's doing
0: yeah i will i just i'll give you a couple more things he said he says the top speed running is about 120 uh to tw- to, to qualify in the junior class you must lap the mountain course at 83 miles an hour do you oh, think wow. the lightning could do that I think we could <laughs> <laughs> and, and the and average speed backwards, and, and, and uh, <laughs> Mike didn't he
4: just introduce himself to this bike when he arrived there? Yeah, this is the yeah. first time on. that's a big yeah. deal and he
0: yeah. says, um he said, what do you see, the average speed's eighty three. um he says he's not in the Manx GP on a four hundred. Uh, he's in a separate event, and um it's a two week period. it's it's uh, known as the festival of motorcycling event. Um, he didn't he didn't build the bike. He's had people build it. But uh, he said the pro times from the big TT stars and the classic TTJR is like 101 mile per hour, uh, per hour average speed lap is a winning. So the average is 101, which means that you know, obviously you're going over that.
2: Well, let's let's uh, uh, work on helping him get uh, Lightning to ride next yeah, year. Really?
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: one, one of the cool things I noticed about Yuri because we've
5: been following him for a couple of years now, right? He he super motored it two years ago yeah. and then rode the 600 last year and i remember when we had him on the podcast and when he went over the first time it's yuri and his mechanic who is yuri yeah, yeah. right yeah flying solo and one of the coolest Good pictures too. i've seen from him this year because because yuri's not only like he's a badass writer he's a really cool dude very genuine right very nice and guy. very nice and Good he could have eat, on the podcast. And he can eat more than anyone i've ever seen right? very, very, very handsome. But, Jim. but with that said one of the cool things when he went the first time he was very much alone and very much getting his supermoto going. All right, and he's
2: got a community now.
5: And there was a great picture of him in his tent with like a, it looked like kids almost, like teenagers looking around, looking at the bike. And it was like so cool, I thought, for Yuri to have like this community now and people hanging out with him, because he definitely Yuri Groupies? It.
7: Well,
2: yeah. that's exactly why. Yuri earned yep. Let's put it on our calendar next year to go to Bonneville, because right. it's oh, yeah. just like at totally Isle of Man, that. there's great things happening and and communities at Bonneville. Be. I want to experience that, too. It sounds I told you so we should go to Bonneville. Well, listen, I'm going <laughs> to
0: give you, if, if anybody wants to check out what's going on with him and his times and stuff, you could check out the website. It's www.iomtt.com forward slash classic dash TT dot ASPX. Thanks,
10: Mike. I think we should all go to the TT next year. (laughs) Yeah, I'm down.
8: Emma, do you have an email there to read? I do indeed. Hang on. What, Emma? I know. I'm looking at Yuri's bike. Bloody oh, I know. Hell, it's beautiful. A, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's like um,
0: something out of Moto Talbot. I am holding...
8: Okay, pay attention, everyone. Thanks, darling. <laughs> um, Squirrel. I'm paying... Uh, I'm holding an email here from Andy Cheetham. And he's... Oh, a oh, man yes. across the pond. Um, yes, he's... Greetings once again from Droitwich Spa. Yeah. This is why I gave Im you the email. Im you're Im the, the only one who can pronounce that. He's from where again? Droitwich Spa. No, it's a very where
4: it's,
8: it's in bloody England uh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's ask
0: how hard how you pronounce
6: no, it no, I'm anyway sorry off.
0: it's like an entirely different language <laughs> series, how
4: so. hard is over there turning as red as his, yeah. his cap now,
8: now, now listen will you all Go pay hard. attention please um, Love the latest podcast. MC Emma gave Boss Hog Liza a run for her money. Quite right too. Thank you, Andy. Um,
5: Boss Hog.
8: Yes. Jealous of listener Scott's Norton Commando. As previously mentioned, my dad had one back in the seventies. Well, you know, a Norton Commando is a very lustful bike. I mean, it's they're they're a great bike, um, but he would he wanted to talk a little bit about the bikes for beginners discussion. Yep. and he said it was very interesting so I passed my test three years back at age 50 oh, and having nice. fewer raging hormones to tame mm-hmm. I went straight to a Triumph Street Triple okay rather <laughs> than, a solid <laughs> bike man. right um, Street Triple's a great machines um, must, rather than, than an a second. A, A2 class bike now in the yeah. UK when you pass your test you have to get this thing called an A2 which is a slightly less powered uh, bike
6: that's the tiered licensing right? right
8: but Obviously, as a more mature rider, Mm -hmm. he was able to navigate beyond that and go straight to really a great machine. he also rides a bmw rt 1200 because he volunteers as a blood biker so in the oh. uk oh
6: that's pretty awesome
8: terribly civilized if you want to run organs and blood around the country they do it by motorbike which awesome very good it's
6: because it's faster than a first responder it is faster. so you'd show up it, and then somebody's like bleeding to death you know exactly. the biker can split all lanes all the way Big,
5: bagel does it for free on a scooter he just doesn't tell people
8: <laughs> yes <laughs> I so, <laughs> no, I'm coming to the last paragraph. Very now. humble. So, mm, listening to delivery. your conversation about riding less powerful bikes makes me wonder whether I should have started on something with a bit less potential to learn my craft. Um, what do you think? Is there any benefit in me riding a smaller bike? No, actually, I don't, Andy, because, I mean, you're here to talk about it. So, obviously, yeah. you made the right decision. The 675 is, it's uh, street
3: the a street triple,
7: is a 675? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: It, the proper terminology is the stripple. The stripple.
4: <laughs> the stripple. The, the striple. I don't think it's necessarily all about just surviving, um, but also just really having that nimble yeah, control, I mean, so like having a lightweight bike. Yeah. Um. There are so
8: many factors that come into play but obviously yeah. when you're young and you've got all these hormones rushing through you, you generally you want to jump on any motorcycle and give it the beans I mean that's what you want to do You need the when test after it Right when, <laughs> yeah. when you start off a little older like Andy did and you don't Bosley's just smashed the bike. R.I.P. head um, But no, when you start off as a slightly more mature rider, no, I mean, you can get away with a larger bike. I mean, if if you feel comfortable on it. Well, I,
6: I think, are you really talking about what exactly you're expecting out of getting... You are out of what you're doing for no, riding. I mean, Cause we're, tra- I mean it's we're, like we're
8: just trying to keep people alive long term. I well, mean, if you're completely <laughs> inexperienced and you're young, get it, get a smaller bike. Mm-hmm. Right. A perfect example is my brother. Now, my brother has just come back to motorcycling after 25 years. Nice. Oh, okay. um, changed
3: quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It has
8: changed quite a bit. Yep. And so, um, he called me up and he said, "Emma, you know, I'm coming back to motorbiking. What kind of bike should I get?" Told him to get a bandit. Z <laughs> one. <gallon. laughs> <laughs> so he yeah. bought him. He bought himself a bandit, and he's absolutely thrilled with which, it. Which size? Wait, oh, he got or? he got the baby one. Four okay. um, hundred. That's a good fact, That's a good one. He, he got one that we don't even have in a, yeah. here in America. Four hundred. Six fifty.
3: Six fifty. Oh, okay. okay. So, oh, wow. so then that's fun to ride.
4: Maybe we could just tack on how beneficial taking um, uh, technical Classes. courses are. Always um, oh, compul- enhancing, yeah. You know. So, so having a larger bike, okay. Testosterone is in check, good deal. <laughs> but building skills through classes, um, it seems like. Uh, through podcasts, uh, I've definitely learned, and from the people from the garage, that it's very, very beneficial. Oh,
8: for just sure. A,
3: just a quick aside. I mean, aside from the whole stereotypical hormones, getting you into trouble thing, um, get some saddle time. The Ultimately, experience is how you get better riding motorcycles. Right. Experience tells you what yeah. to do before you know what to do. Exactly. Yeah. What I was
6: trying to say with my word salad is that I'm not sure that... <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, word salad. What what I'm trying to say is that I'm not sure that having a smaller bike is better if you're just riding point A to point B, Right. Mm -hmm. because in that case, it's really all about what's most comfortable for you. I would say that if you're somebody who is young and is trying to push the limits, like Emma says, having a more predictable bike is definitely how you learn faster, because if you start on a larger bike, your limits... And the bike's limits are in such a... There's such a huge dichotomy between those that it's almost impossible to really learn... In a safe and controlled way, you can push the limits on a small, underpowered bike a lot more yeah, safely. Yeah, but but
2: look, I learned how to ride on a GS650 when I was twelve, and you know, once you can master something like that, you can master about anything.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but, and, then, and
2: then she
4: upgraded to a boost.
2: But <laughs> there was a lot of risks that I took riding. You are a
4: part these, superhuman riding these bikes of the seventies, these big steel skull. bikes. Yeah.
2: I think that Jim actually did it the right way. He started a two fifty, went up right. to a 600 now he's up to a thousand. He's just worked his way up. A and I think mixed in. he took less risk through his his learnings by being on the smaller right. bikes and moving up. So it's yep. it's about risk management also. There are a lot of people who start on a bigger bike and something happens and they put that bike away. Right.
6: Yeah. They so get scared and then never ride it again. And yeah.
2: so you're just better <laughs> off to start on something
8: smaller. You lessen the risk. That's and they, all it the is. truth is when somebody comes in to the shop and said, Look, I'm just starting out I like sports bikes. Yeah. You what should I start off on? And you say, what's your credit score? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this
9: is in 2007. Do you have 300 dollars?
8: But you know, <laughs> we we go straight towards. The Ninja 300s, the CBR 300s, the R3s, yeah. because these are great starter bikes. And yeah. you can start off on a bike with great brakes, with great lights, it's fuel injected, they got ABS. Yep. Well, and those are but popular. You know
2: what? The, smallest bat- the
8: quality bat- of the small right? bikes has definitely improved
6: a
10: lot. Oh, yeah. You <laughs>
2: know what, you guys, though? Richard, I was about to say something, and I'm going to take a stab at what it is, because all of this <laughs> talk is not going to matter in the future. True.
10: Mm-hmm. That is true. Actually, right? I had a question. The, the yeah. question is, what's the perspective about riding a, a, a smaller bike at its limit you know, on the street versus riding a bigger um, bike because, way below the limit? Because it's yeah. a
2: lot easier to recover from a mistake on a smaller, more nimble bike.
10: Right. It it isn't that isn't yeah. more fun? But it is. But it's, well, it's, and fun. it's
2: more affordable. But, but yeah, if cheaper. we're talking the future and electric bikes, isn't it just going to be the controller and the limiter that you're using to adjust the bike's abilities?
10: Sure. So in, in Germany, a lot of places, the, when you first get licensed you can only be licensed for a certain amount of power mm-hmm. right and then you graduate up yep. and with an electric we've already had the conversations that you could right. set it down and then every time they reach a next licensing level come in you know turn it up and uh, keep the same bike
3: yep oh sweet yeah that's pretty cool
4: nice not do you have an email
3: there yes i do have one it's from m butler uh hey miss fits <laughs>
4: <laughs> M. Licker, M. Butler.
3: <laughs> yes, it's uh A D V dual Sport Couple Bike. Poker in the front,
5: poker in the rear. Oh. Poker. <laughs> okay, I barely just, know her. Come on, just no, just you can do it. I
2: gave you the shortest no. email. Just shu- i I I've got this. Press, you guys need press. to shut up you for a Guys, second he's got he's got anxiety. Let him, him let him get this.
3: Hey hey Miss <laughs> Mitch, hey, hey, oh, so. my name is uh, Sawyer Engelbertson from Oshkosh, Claire. You this Okay, it's <laughs> W okay. yeah, I my question is what What's your opinion on the? Sorry. What's your opinion on the best ADV dual sport bike for a couple? Uh, I've been I've been riding for twelve years. Or just, I've been riding since I was twelve, and my first bike was a Suzuki, Suzuki one ten dirt bike. When it turned out, when I turned eighteen, my dad. What the fu- Okay. When I turned eighteen, I bought my dad's late nineties Buell Cyclone, which I learned to ride street on. Uh, I sold it almost immediately after I bought it to buy a Sportster. In, and turned it into a chopper. I'm um, 23 now and I'm looking for something a little bit more fun. Uh, my fiance. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. <laughs> My fiance getting married a month. Congratulations! Uh, mm-hmm. And I like and I love riding. And I'm ready to start finishing the chopper and get some relo- something reliable. We can all ride over the states and camping, exploring. He should,
5: talk, he should talk to Andy. Yeah, buy yeah. Andy's chopper. Yeah, yeah. I mean. sorry for the long email.
3: <laughs> Any advice helps out tremendously. Thanks so much. Don't uh, buy love the podcast. The
2: bike. Okay, so a good bike for couples, a good ADV bike. I got this. It's a bandit. All right. uh, no, no, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> any bike. It doesn't matter.
6: Exactly. It's, Except for a BMW. <laughs>
2: it's the seat that matters. Right. This is That's true. The it's point. the seat that matters. Well, so I don't know. Man, doesn't matter if you're getting power, a KLR, table. a BMW, whatever. So here's the thing. Well, do you if, want, if you do you want get your fiancé to come on the ride with you? <laughs> then you get like a Corbin seat that's wider right. and more comfortable. If you actually don't want her, you stay with the stock seat.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is she going to have her guys, own bike, though? She needs,
2: Go, she needs her
8: own bike. Guys, that's hold everything. What, I've got an exclusive yeah. from Charlie. This just oh, yeah. is. So Charlie, I already, I already oh, Charlie. right now, Charlie is at Thunder Hill. Mm, yeah, doing yeah. a track uh, day. <laughs> doing his track day. <laughs> With his. Cooking like sausage on a grill. So I literally, I just got a message from Charlie. And he it, did And he? it just says, um, so I um, outrode the Q3s. No, he didn't. He just.
3: I, I heard him. So, Wait a
0: second. Uh, Say it in Charlie voice. <clears throat>
7: I'm I not going to do I the
2: Charlie's. I, I outrode okay, so, the Q3's. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so outrode the Q3's meaning he lost traction or that he
8: just he wore down? It. He uh, he he's falling off his bike again.
7: He crashed in turn two. Yeah, uh, oh,
8: because he's so crying. fucking hard. Well, of, course of
5: course he, he did. did. <laughs> oh,
3: I, I, I want to know, I wanna know what his lap times are to say that he outraded those fucking now,
8: He's going to have to provide us with evidence. yeah. Hey
2: guys, let's finish this email. Anyone else have a suggestion for a good ADV bike for couples?
6: I think that if you avoided buying the BMW. The uh, amount of money that you would save from having to spend it on maintenance, you could buy your girl a whole bunch of nice stuff.
7: So, yeah. <laughs> so. You, you know,
4: I, 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 this is a kind of a, a little bit of, of a curve, but uh, a lot of people come in and say, "Oh, yeah, I haven't been riding for years since I got married and had kids and stuff like that." So maybe when you're deciding on your bike. It's something that she's more comfortable being on, so she's stoked on riding. So that doesn't ever come into uh, question.
3: Who was that guy who uh, rode around South Africa with his
8: fiance? He was on a KLR 650, right? right.
2: Oh, Gary, it. who yeah, uh, no, motor surfing. Yeah, he was yeah. yeah. a surfer um, dude.
8: I, it, if I was riding across the country right now with two people on the bike, okay. Goldwing. Su- no, the G- no, GS 1200. Nope, Super Ten super 10 area super, uh, super 10's a marvelous yeah. yeah and it's shaft drive, yeah, it shaft drive. i mean it's it's don't nice get bike. me wrong the africa twin is a wonderful wonderful mm. bike but right. it's still mm. chain drive it's a little spendy though the, i mean he yeah. looks like he's yeah. going the, for the, a fucking the, yamaha son the friggin <laughs> yamaha it's prettier yeah. it's shaft drive yeah, oh yeah. my it's god it's a great bike kenny it is roberts a hell of a bike, bike. Kenny, yeah a kenny roberts colored super 10 doesn't get any better than that all
2: right i think we have time for one more email mike what you got there
0: um, I got a, I get a, uh, yeah, an email Mike. from Troy Bennett.
8: Mike, do you have a herpes on the little corner of your lip? <laughs> this
0: podcast brought to you by Valtrex. <laughs>
6: <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Valtrex. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so he's, um, he's from Australia. So he starts out with good day.
8: Uh, yes, good day. Hi. Yeah. Good day,
0: Troy. Here from Newcastle, Australia. Thanks for the advice regarding a new starter bike. I'm happy to announce I'm the proud owner of a 98 Kawasaki VN Vulcan. Oh, Yeah,
3: Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy.
0: Ride. Which also has a new stable mate in my housemate's 08 Vulcan. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on building a bobber out of it and doing a tank swap with a Harley XL King Sportster tank. Cool. My housemate is building his into a cool lane splitter. So far, he has chopped out the RHS backbone, built a set of handlebars out of the tube in his original bars, and cut the section of his original Vulcan tank. Sorry to make wow. this a long email, but I found some awesome family history out. I always knew about my great-aunt Laura stealing her older brother's Enfield in the <laughs> 40s and 50s. Yeah! I heard how she was too short to kick it and would wheel it to the curb, run alongside, uh, beside it to bump start it, and go tearing wow. off a- around nice. the country. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> True awesome. rebel. I also <laughs> recently found out about my great-uncle Doug. race flat track and hill climb in the 50s and 60s. I, um on his BSA flat tracker with the custom front end he built and designed. Nice. Thanks for getting through the email. Keep up the podcast. Loving your work. I love forward. I look forward to hearing you each week. Thanks again, Troy.
8: So what a great excellent. email. Right Thanks Troy. Yeah. It's in the blood, huh? That's like how it went from like Toys Vulcan to that. It was yeah.
5: awesome.
2: Awesome. Cool. So yeah, it looks like we're we're about ready to wrap up. Richard, I wanted to thank you for coming down. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you, yes, Richie. So Bonneville. Bonneville the 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 salt just wasn't there when are you planning on trying your I know you said you're trying to get some stuff on some asphalt is that all, all gonna be happening this year do you think
10: it's you know, we've just got to find a, a a place and a time and try to fit it in. We, we want to do it as soon as possible yeah. okay. and, and,
1: and what I'd like to know is are you planning on racing somewhere at altitude like in Bolivia? Where you might be able to get some higher speeds without the with a little bit less uh, wind resistance. So
10: we we had paid um, The money the entry had the hotels reserved Had the Carnet to get the bike in and out of Bolivia And we were getting ready to load it into the container and we were told that they wouldn't allow the electric bike in the same container as the gas bike, so we got bumped. Oh.
0: What? what? Weird. What? Yeah. So and there's, there's like what no gasoline
3: that? in the container, right? I mean, it's the- just... That's so fun. lack oh, of
6: understanding. This, yeah. uh, this isn't like a Chinese hoverboard. <laughs> like, oh,
0: you know you could have <laughs> just. This is the Galaxy S7. You just. Yeah, it that's it. what
7: I'm <laughs> going to. I hope we
0: get a chance to do that soon <laughs> Just I, I bolt I really... an exhaust on the side of it and say it was, uh,
10: you know. <laughs> Not so we, we, yeah, we you just talk... turn the throttle.
4: Go I mean, burr, burr. can you just detach the batteries? I mean,
10: uh. yeah, they they just wouldn't carry on. Yeah, they just yeah, wouldn't allow it. But the salt was was three feet thick. There with the the salt. Well, it was 100 miles by 100 miles. Oh, wow. And, wow. and it was like concrete. So. Wow.
3: Dang.
1: Well, That's I hope we, awesome. I hope we get a chance to do that soon because that, that would be really cool to see. Yeah. So
10: what
2: is the best way for people to follow uh, these things that you're doing?
10: So social media, so, you know, Lightning Motorcycle, Facebook, Facebook. Um,
2: lightningmotorcycle.com there you go and I guess everyone keep an eye out for dealers coming near you I assume through the website that people will get to see where new dealers are opening up if you want to go see the spark which I am excited well, for well you gotta look
5: quick because they go fast <laughs> 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 there it goes ah.
3: ah. checks in the mail now. Jim but I'm tish <laughs>
2: So yeah, thanks thanks again for coming down. I always love getting updates from you. There's always fun stuff, and maybe we can get you to come on to uh, Vintage Days with
10: us uh, next year. Ooh, and yeah. uh, maybe we can get you to come up to the shop with a podcast.
2: Well, we're, yeah. as soon as we that won't be very hard. As soon as definitely. we wrap this up, we're setting some. i we're uh, we've had some new Patreon subscribers. I want to say thanks. And Thank guess you. what? Guess what? 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 Emma and I recorded some new mini-sodes for Ooh, our Patreon subscribers. What? And I put a new one you up a, yesterday.
3: What was the subject a, Can you matter? do a mini soda about making gin and tonics?
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So <laughs> I can great. tell you. Um, what
5: were the Patreon episodes?
2: So the one we put up uh, last night that is available now on the Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You all have access. It's something that you would not, it, it, it's something that everybody hates. Or, hmm. or, or, or you just, or, it, you don't you care it, about it.
1: You love it or you hate can it. We you love say it or you hate it. However, hold it?
2: on. It has a racing lineage and a lot more to it. It's really fascinating when you learn about the history, and that is the Calm Star Wheels. Yep. Yep. So we did one on that, and then we have one I'm going to be releasing next week that I'm not going to tell you other than we put together the Marx Brothers the the Atomic Bomb the Fitbit (laughs) and a motorcycle what they all have in common and moist heat though and and, and, and moist heat yeah that's in there too
8: there is a link between all of them but just remember the only way you can access these episodes is if you're a Patreon subscriber so kick down just a dollar a month does it these are little jewels I love making them we, and Lyta loves <laughs> recording them they're little gems do you squeeze for them uh, out of
5: Emma's uh, history
8: hole they get squeezed mm. out of Emma's
7: history hole it's,
2: it's okay I took a flashlight a I, I found my way month. out
5: and a rope I hope
3: for a dollar a month you can feed a misfit
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so thanks again to all Give our Patreon subscribers so but that. go on over there uh, you find the link on our website MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com yes sir find the links to our YouTube page the Patreon page Facebook page it's all there
5: free condoms uh,
2: what? What? <laughs> what? 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 did you News
5: say, to Noc? me okay. what? Got a Planned Parenthood let's that. just
2: wrap this up you thanks again condoms? everybody for listening this is Liza
5: mm, Bagel Nikki. Jim
2: Bex this is Doc
0: Mike
8: <laughs> Emmett Darling
0: Richard, Ken, Evan
8: Dark,
0: <laughs> <A> Nurse Adrift.
8: <laughs> and
2: and Howie is still hanging with us. Hey, thanks for hanging. Alright, thanks everyone for listening. Let's get out of here. Pro-coo. Pro-coo.